0: Hey, 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 everybody! It's another episode of...
1: Okay, Jeremiah started talking, so that means it's okay for us to start talking now on the screen of the Ultra Critics.
0: (laughs) Hi! I'm joined, as always, with my co-host, Thad.
1: I like uh, carrying on from things we were talking about before the record (laughs) button was pressed, because it makes me laugh.
0: It's time for a new tradition. And my other co-host, Kara... You're the just
2: holidays are coming. Okay.
1: <laughs> Too much of a dramatic pause in audio feels like forever.
2: Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I panicked, y'all.
1: Uh, you know what's uh, great, Jeremiah? What? The world.
0: <laughs> let's talk about
1: let's talk about some movies let's that talk about, that underscore let's talk- that. What?
0: Let's talk about a point in history in which Tarkovsky once said, the one thing we can learn from history is we never learn from history. Uh, so we're going to look at two films today. Too Big to Fail, 2009 mm-hmm. made for HBO movie. Mm-hmm.
1: And I thought it was the, 2011. Because talked about
2: stuff that happened in 2011. Yeah, 2011.
1: Got... Sorry, gotcha. 2011. I win. I win at podcasting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and the 2015 movie, uh, The Big Short.
1: Uh Yes,
0: uh, both of them about the financial crisis of two thousand and
1: eight.
0: Hmm. Um. Honestly, just from different points of view, one from mm-hmm. the inside and one from the outside. Although,
1: uh, sort of we'll two go- different insides, I think, is more because, like, mm-hmm. there's it's it's more like the inside at the top and then the inside at like the middle top
0: right
1: (laughs) because only through only through like in the big short some snippets of archival footage do we actually see the view from outside which is like people like not having jobs and uh losing their homes
2: i i think that the other thing is that both of these approach the same sort of moment in time with a very different philosophical understanding of Mm -hmm. What is happening and we can get into that later, but I want to be the one to say it. Well,
0: okay, yeah, no, because I asked you guys to watch it with a particular mindset of understanding the the impact of having a coherent political worldview. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, it's also interesting because we watched the we watched them in essentially the story's chronological order. Which is we watched the big short first. Okay. And then we watch Too Big to Fail, which makes Too Big to Fail way darker.
0: I had it, it makes it seem way darker and also duller.
1: Yeah, it kind of like we it's not bad. Like it's not badly made, and we'll 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 get into that like whenever we pick which order to talk about these in. But uh I, I just rely on you for that stuff and make everything else up as I go. Well I'm but... just gonna say <laughs> since
0: it was the first one we just started with too big to, too big to fail. Okay, okay. uh,
2: The other thing about it is that Too Big to Fail looks very hollow. Yes. Compared to the big short. And so so here's the thing is it's very um, West Wingy. And so Too Big to Fail has the conceptual idea that something has happened. It doesn't even really get into what has happened in like granular detail very much, Mm. which is interesting. Um, it, It does at one point, like kind of later, but it's not the point of the film. And so it's really interesting about Too Big to Fails. They're like, oh, there are a bunch of people who all know what they're doing, who are reacting to this thing that has happened. And these are mm-hmm. smart people with different ideas of how to solve the problem. Some of them are selfish. Some of them are weak. Some of them are cowards. Some are, you know, good Americans. But ultimately, these are the smartest minds in the room. Well, on the other hand, the big short is very much like these people are idiots they are idiots they have no idea what's going on they don't know i'm, I'm not going to cuss so much in the rest of this they don't know their ass from their elbow they have no idea what's happening
1: here's it's here's here's the thing that...
2: corrupt incompetence and even when they are lying bleeding to death they are still numbly whispering who shot me as they hold the gun to their own head
1: yeah here's here's the thing that uh the audience and to a certain extent i don't know if jeremiah understands. Uh, is that I, I'm no less venomous about any of this than, than Kara is, obviously. But Kara knows like about financial instruments and industries pretty well. Like it's, oh, it's a know. thing that she has solid a solid knowledge base in. I, of course, like my my anger comes solely from my political position, Same. as opposed to Kara's, which comes from both political position and institutional knowledge. Well, so- I
0: remember like when you got, uh, <laughs> first started hanging out with you guys, and I I, I made some offhand comment kind of, like. I hate all bankers or something. She was like, what? I was like, how do you not hate bankers? What? I've lived a life of being screwed over by
2: bankers. Oh, she hates
1: bankers too. It's just different.
2: (laughs) So for the context, uh, if the audience, whoever they may be, is not following along, hi, mom. uh, (laughs) It's that... um, I worked in collections. So I worked in collections for about, depending on how you want to calculate it, two and a half years and about a year and a half was home equity loan collection. So home equity loan is what you get on your house after you have a mortgage. It's to get the equity out of your house. And I did this from like 2018 to early 2020. So, um, the the sort of after effects of the crash and the regulation and legislation and banking choices that were made, I'm really, really familiar with. Uh, but I have had the foreclosure conversation with people like I've had some pretty, pretty dark talks about yeah, this.
1: It's uh, It's heavy. <laughs>
2: anyway so yes too big to fail is a
1: 2011 hbo uh movie based on a nonfiction book book the same name uh directed by curtis hansen who i is a name that i did not recognize until i started looking at his filmography. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh i i i too like i think the west wing comparison that caro was making earlier is an apt one i i put it in that like the honestly the first thing that popped into my head uh, was um, oh uh, the the one with Redford and uh, the Nixon stuff? My brain is dead. Oh, all the presidents men. Thank you. All the presidents men. My I was my brain kept trying to say all the kings men. I was like that's not right. It's a similar men, movie but, like, but older. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I immediately thought of like all the presidents men and that that sort of genre of serious men talking uh, quietly but severely about important things.
0: Well, OK, so the book is by a guy named Andrew Ross Sorkin hmm. and no relation. No, not that I know of No, <laughs> But and but it's written for the screen by uh, Peter Gould. And my hmm. you are very right in the de- it does have a West Wing feel, except hmm. they don't have the ability to explain it in a yeah. way that a person who is not familiar with any of this.
1: This movie actually has, spe- which was super striking watching this right after the big short, which breaks the fourth wall to teach you what is happening. Right. <laughs> and this movie is not in, like, it, that's one of the reasons why I put it in that, like, all the president's men's sphere, because this movie is not interested in teaching you what's going on. It is interested in showing these people and the things that they are doing and talking mm-hmm. about, even if you real, don't understand them. Like, to, to sort of. Yeah, sorry.
2: Real quick, this is important. These movies don't need long synopses.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Why I big, wasn't going to be like
2: stuff. <laughs> no, really quick, The Big Short is about all of the people that realized the financial collapse was coming, and through financial shenanigans, basically put bets that the financial economy would fail, made hundreds of millions and sometimes billions of dollars, and then a very little bits about how they have to reckon with like oh. I just bet that the end of the world was dying and no one cared. <laughs> mm. And then um, too big to fail is about, it's not very long. I mean, the movie's not, not the, the what, time period 40, it covers is I not think? very long. The time period it covers oh, is not yeah. very long. Sorry. Sorry. And it's about when the financial collapse hits and it starts taking down banks like dominoes, how the federal government specifically focusing on, Oh God, what was his role? What was his job?
0: Well, uh, talking about Paulson. Yeah. yeah Henry
2: Paulson. Treasury, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. the Secretary of Treasury realizing that he is facing, like, a world financial collapse uh, on par with the collapse of Rome. And his, like, s- him and his offices scramble to be like, what can we do to prevent yeah. the world from it's, ending?
1: Uh, it's government finance people talking to heads of banks.
2: And ultimately explaining sort of what the TARP plan and what the government ended up doing to try and stabilize the banking industry. I will give... Fan. Yeah,
0: I will give Two Pig to Fail this. If mm-hmm. you're going to cast a Weasley, unlikable, oh. unrepentant asshole. James Woods? James, James Woods? Is yeah. just, oh, you beat me to it, you rat. Because <laughs> oh. I'm watching it. And I'm like, this might be the most recent James Woods performance I've ever seen. It's like, yeah, you're good. I hate you. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, I, I preferred it when I didn't know you actually were your character in Video <laughs> Drone in real life. You, uh, you creep. You absolutely creep.
2: Like, like Too Big to Fail, every once in a while has this scene where it has like the Secretary of Treasury, who used to work for Goldman Sachs, like with a blue filter walking sadly through the streets of New York, as he's like, what am I going to do to stop the end of the financial collapse and like sad mm. music plays? And yeah. for a moment, you're like, oh my god, this man's in such a stressful position. The instantly you're like screw Wait. this guy <laughs> screw all of you all of you people looking yeah. so said i lost my investment bank shut up
1: well, it <laughs> shut reminds up. me of it reminds me of something that i remember uh our friend caleb talking about um which is like if you reach a certain amount of wealth do you count as human anymore <laughs> or are you something and not like in a dehumanizing way but like None of the people that we see in Too Big to Fail, none of the which uh, are you know all based directly on real people. The The Big Short does a little bit of like this person represents a real person, but it, right, we'll get a to bit, that one when we get that. Yeah, a little bit of translation, but like none of the people represented in Too Big to Fail can go broke they can right. never go hungry that like it like not to reach for a fucking chris nolan movie because i'm uh shallow trash but that bit in in the dark knight rises where uh bruce is like oh no they're letting me keep the house and selena's like oh the rich don't even go broke right like the rest of us like <laughs> nobody that we see in too big to fail can be hurt Not really. They can be hurt. Their pride can be hurt. And their standing can be hurt. But they will be okay forever. And it is, like Kara said, it is weird to see, like, Henry Paulson walking sadly down the streets of New York, completely insulated from the real material consequences of the actions that he is part of.
0: I remember watching the last scene when, like, they're doing type. And yeah. everyone's complaining, like, you want me to take on money?
1: And I'm like, yeah. shut up. Yeah, like, it's Kerman's amazing. You money, and It's you're- amazing.
2: <laughs> I kind of had this, like, very weird moment during Too Big to Fail. It was, like, this flashback of, like, one of my professors. Because I graduated, I was class of 2009. And I have this flashback of one of my professors in, like, 2008 when all this is happening. Like, walking to class and being like... I don't think you all understand what's about to happen. And like, this is a political science economics class. So I'm going to explain it to you. And then like, I graduated highly functionally homeless in the economy. It just <laughs> distro- like destroyed multiple members of my family. We're talking yeah. like bankruptcy, house mm-hmm. loss, like watching this was watching the beginning of like this huge rampaging monster of destruction that ate my life. And I had this moment where I was like...
1: It's like, what if you had a Godzilla movie where you never cut to Godzilla and only spent time with the people whose nuclear tests created Godzilla?
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Like, honestly, I would love to write that as a play. Like, now that I say that out loud, I would love to just have that be a thing. But, like, that's kind of what it is because we're also, like, we're the people... We were adults of varying stripe. Like, Kara and I are are younger than you by a little bit. But, like, we were all either in the quote-unquote real world or just entering the quote-unquote real world right. when this happened.
0: Well, okay. And this is what I wanted you yeah, guys to talk about, like, sort of having a political coherent ideology. Because yeah. when you watch Too Big to Fail, you're just like, I don't understand. Yeah. What, what was the horror calling?
1: that these people talk about nationalizing banks with.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That we was... can't do that. Who I just oh. I, I, just so badly wanted the Secretary of Treasury to be like, you're going to take this money, and they're like, what if we don't? And I wanted him just to, like, gesture to the Secret Service and be like, he's going to put a bullet in the back of your head. <laughs> <laughs> he might do it anyway, but if you sign it, the odds go down. I'm not going to tell oh. you by how much, though, it's attached to the market value.
0: Well, <laughs> it's also weird because it's, it's hard so to
2: – There's a
0: moment about halfway through the movie where mm. they put in – they tried to explain to you – Yeah what happened and talk mm-hmm. about the greed of the American economy and how that sort of collapsed upon itself. Mm-hmm. And then you realize I'm only halfway through. Yeah. And then the tarp moment comes and then it's not till like there's one person going, huh, I think we just gave them more money and more power. And yeah. then they move on. I was like, this feels like you should be a little bit angrier here. I
1: like how two thirds of Topher Grace's job in this movie was to just be like bemused and angry at uh, (laughs) the obvious bullshit that was happening. And then every once in a while, he would say something that was just as profoundly kind of like gross as everybody else. Right, because
0: he wasn't doing anything to stop it.
1: No, (laughs) not at all.
2: The the thing I I mentioned, because like, you know, watching that, your thought is very much, you know, um, don't give them the money or make them eat it or like this sort of like anger. But the thing is like, in some of the shots, I think indicate this about Secretary of Finance, or treasury Paulson, who used to work for goldman sachs and had like mm. 200 million dollars in stock with them at one point that he sold like whatever yeah <laughs> but like he tries to make kind of a stand by allowing this venture capitalist firm not venture capitalist firm i'm sorry an in, investment firm uh, investment run, by yeah. Wood, yeah, run by james wood yeah <laughs> fail and then it begins to have this spread shatter and there's a sort of moment where it's accelerationism. So, like, acceleration is, is the theory that you should make things worse in order to start the glorious revolution, which will end in whatever your particular weird ideological stripe will be libertarianism, right. communism, whatever. Right. And he, it's, it's, he kind of has this moment where he realizes that he's buying time to prevent the accelerationism, but he's buying time, he's not preventing it. Like, hmm. Everything that led us to this moment, all he's done is buy it off. They haven't fixed anything because the things needed to fix it would be so intrusive and unbearable that no one would allow it without a complete meltdown. Like,
1: Like I I think, honestly, like, again, I really love this as a pair of movies. I think that uh, I highly recommend watching both of these fairly close together.
2: If you're a Uh, bit more of a finance nerd, I think it might be harder for I don't want to sound like this, but normal people to watch too big to fail oh
0: absolutely i agree because i
1: was like I, yes I, it's if, if i hadn't watched uh if we hadn't literally watched the big short immediately before watching too big to fail i would have been much more like uh hold on
2: i was sweating bullets yeah. through it i was like oh my god <laughs> i right, know
0: like because for me and this is a thing right because it seems to understate like believe that everyone in america has a sort of grasp on financial dealings of the country in which mm. most of us don't
1: yeah
0: and it the way it sort of like never really explains anything in a very non-circuit way even mm. though it wants to be west wing yeah mm-hmm. and in the way that there's no real this the drama is for care who knows what's yeah. happening <laughs> but if you don't a couple of times i am like wait what time where are we in the crisis yeah it so all sort of like it's the same scene over and over to a point
1: yeah, just in different locations and right. sometimes over the phone. Uh, I, had no, a, I had a very difficult time guiding. tracking who was who.
0: <laughs> yeah, and although also though, because it's because it's one of those like right after the incident, they do that yeah. thing where they get every imaginable star. Yeah. So I'm just like, well, there's Tony Shaloub,
1: yeah. there's
0: Bill Pullman, mm-hmm. there's that one guy from Sex in the City, there's mm-hmm. that other well, Billy Crudup, who are yeah.
1: they? <laughs> They're just like, let us let us stack this table with character actors and have them uh, just be vaguely greedy and shitbaggy.
2: Right. And they come in for two lines. Yeah. And then that's it. Yep. One of the... So I, I worked for two different banks. One of them that I worked at, my uh, branch manager used to be, like, a higher-up guy at Wachovia before it burned down. Mm-hmm. And, like, he and I just used to sit... I just used to sit and listen to him like talk about like the days of what went down and what happened and what it looked like on the ground. Because he was, um, he wasn't involved in it. He was retail banking. He was like gotcha. getting people their houses, small business loads, that kind of stuff, that kind of like deep investment. I'm not saying it was beyond him, but it just wasn't what he did right. at all.
0: Mm-hmm. Not his deployment.
2: Yeah. And so he's talking about like essentially his lowering of status by managing a small branch. Oof. And um, yeah. And the sort of traumas that that endured, there is a, uh, Sorry, I know this is a lot off topic, but um, I've been through a couple layoffs, and I mentioned uh, one day there wasn't any soap in the bathrooms. So and I walked into his office, I'm like, "Are we all about to get fired? There's no soap in the bathrooms." And he looked at me for a moment. And he's like, "Oh yeah, I forgot that that happens." He's like, "No, I just forgot to order soap. It'll be here tomorrow." <laughs> like, like he agreed with me. Like he was, he was, like, "Yeah, that's the first thing that goes." It's
0: true. And that that's another thing about too big to fail is yeah. it feels like it's written by someone who wasn't affected by too big to fail.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's too isolated. It's, I mean, it's if you,
0: very much almost reportage, but like this hmm. is what happens when you have a movie without an agenda.
1: Yeah, there's no, or at least more dramatic to an agenda. Yeah,
2: right. yeah, it, and it doesn't seem interested in like. Holding anyone really to the fire, right? No and one's accountable. Yeah, and and like but nobody gets into these people's faces. No one gets into James Wood's face. So at multiple times, uh
1: like sabotages himself.
2: Yeah, right. and no one, no, like people are sh- kind of rude because they're all kind of each other. But no one like looks in the eyes, like you chose to do this. Yeah, you chose <laughs> to invest in this. <laughs> you chose to buy these things. You chose to sell these things. This was your choice, and now you are paying for it, and you Let's... have screwed everyone
1: one of the like honestly a lot of the way that characters in this movie behave really clicks to me from one of the lines in the big short Mm -hmm. uh, when um, Ryan Gosling's character is like you all act very cynical but you believe the system works And like that, that to me is like what we are seeing is the struggle of true believers right. from the inside, from rooms that are just full of true believers. That's why, like you know, the 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 characters, like whether it's uh, uh, you know William Hurt, like uh, as Henry Paulson, uh, just the fact that he can so straight facedly be like, well, oh, we can't, uh, we we can't nationalize banks and, right. and blah blah blah, and just all this stuff of just just the 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 casual dismissal of all these options. While seeming to still understand that the world is being destroyed, but like, no, no, we can't do that. That, so, yeah.
0: Curtis Hansen has directed Wonder Boys yeah. and LA Confidential. Yeah. Two great movies. Excellent and To make movie. the Fail looks dull, and yeah. unless you're Kara, it is <laughs> somewhat dull because yeah. I'm just sitting here going, there's a it's lot it's of competently
1: acted, right. but like, there's only so much that a bunch of very solid character actors can do with essentially very flat material.
0: Right? Because what? Because no one has said what are we trying to do here? Hmm. There's like, or maybe you have, and there's like, we just want to tell the events as straightforward as possible without going. But in what context? Yeah. Why does this happen? Because everyone just says it's happening. And outside of that one small weird monologue in which they say "stupid greed," you won't say "stupid greed." Yeah, no one really.
1: Oh yeah, really yeah. Well, they're, <laughs> well, they're workshopping the thing. That that was yeah, that wasn't bad.
2: One thing that I give to both of these films, though. Okay. They do not blame the everyday man.
1: No,
0: that's
2: true. Uh, the 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 first one. Uh, the big short specifically shows, like, small people getting screwed, how, like, they were lied to and manipulated and used. And um, it doesn't like,
1: let its protagonists off the hook.
2: No. No, and it doesn't either. And then... um too big to fail doesn't explicitly show a lot, doesn't, I don't think it has any like real people, hmm. but like when they're explaining, like, here's what happened and went wrong, they specifically say that banks took advantage of people. Right. That what, that it was the bank's fault and what they did was wrong, and here's how they used people. And because one part they say is, you know, people assume. If a bank gives them a loan, it means they can actually afford it. And they're a good bet. Like they trust that the bank will only lend money responsibly. Right. And that it must be responsible to lend money to them that this is a good loan deal. And so the bank manipulating people's trust like that. And I think that I want to give credit to both of these films for not being like it was just irresponsible people's fault. Like yeah. It yeah. wasn't. Yeah, well,
0: there's another movie um, by J.C. Chandor, hmm. And I just forgot the name of it. Uh, was uh, Jamie Irons, and it's also about this, only it takes place in a certain, like, investment firm. Mm -hmm. And basically what it is, is they essentially, it's a series of, like, it's almost like a play. It's a series of discussions about, like, the philosophy of capitalism and the fundamental issues with that and how once you become only interested in selling an object that has no value, how that eventually just starts to eat itself.
1: Is that a margin call?
0: Margin call, yes. Hmm. I couldn't remember the name of that. Uh, but yeah, no, very much margin call is a similar thing, hmm. but I think probably does a better job in terms of like putting it in like context.
1: Oh, and it has a piece of shit in a major uh, role because yep. uh, Kevin, Kevin Spacey's in there. Which All is right. why
0: we're not explicitly talking about margin calls.
1: <laughs> Fair. <laughs> fair
2: <laughs> um but
1: uh oh yeah sorry Kat.
2: no it's just it's also all very connected to what's happening right now with covid it's, mm. it's it's very bizarre there's there's a scene where ryan gosling is like in a gym and something goes well and he like starts high-fiving people and like <laughs> and
1: it made you uncomfortable
2: yeah I, I i i cringed away from the television i'm like why would you touch them <laughs> um they're sweating oh my god like what are you doing and well, then I mean-
1: I mean, to be fair, that would be my response even before COVID, but <laughs> yeah. but I, I take your point. But,
2: but they're like, oh, this is the worst financial collapse the world has ever seen. And then like it, like it both of these kind of end on the note of
0: the, yeah, whatever is happening
2: coming. isn't over, that something else is going to come along and really raffle stomp all of this. Yeah. What shall it be? And I'm like, finger guns. I have an idea. <laughs>
0: well, Double
2: uh, finger guns.
0: So too big to fail is essentially like it's that thing.
2: Is you know it, what I would,
1: you, go ahead. No, uh, you know what I would say is I would say too big to fail. And it's interesting that it was, I mean, there's no, I can't beat around the bush on this, that it was only an HBO movie. Right. Uh, it's interesting <laughs> because this is, I think, traditionally the kind of movie that is quote unquote, supposed to be made right. about crises like this in politics, like in politics, like this is, this is what you do. You take, uh, you take serious actors and you have them like talk very, very staidly but tensely with each other about the things. And then like, you, that's the movie you you do that. And well, that, and then like, I, I feel like the big short kind of shows why that doesn't work for the kinds of crises they're talking
0: about. So too big to fail, <laughs> fail is part of an HBO tradition of source. Yeah. Because yeah. They used to be doing it back when people watched actual television there would oh, be made-for-cable made movies about mm. current events. Much like before cable, There were made-for-TV movies
1: about current events.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I vaguely recall this. Right. And to some extent, it still goes on. HBO Max just had uh, Comey with Jeff Bridges as the FBI director, Comey. I, and think, I, deleted, as
1: I think I deleted hearing about that uh, from my brain.
0: It's, uh, I mean, if you like watching Jeff Bridges, it's fantastic. I'm sorry, not, not, not Jeff Bridges, Jeff Daniels. <laughs> my, my apologies, Jeff Daniels. Uh, like everyone in it is really good, but it's also one of those like, yeah, <laughs> But and then you have the Big Short, and the Big Short is while we're talking about propaganda, it's propaganda. Oh, it's absolutely. It's designed to get you angry. Hmm. Oh yeah, we, and it does so in a way that I think is exceptional and better than almost any movie that's come out since about yeah. the particular
1: topic. Yeah.
2: Margot Robbie in a tub explaining how everything <laughs> went wrong is just moi. Well, okay, well so moi. honestly, you that's, know what
1: would Oh, sorry, go ahead. That's one
0: of my issues with Big Shoid. is mm. it is kind of sexist in the fact that it does use women as objects like that, but it does so in a way by also going out of its way to point out that what it's doing.
1: It's yeah, that weird it's, sort it's of It's one of those theater. things like you you can't criticize like if you're if you're satirically doing something to criticize it, you are still doing the thing. But you can still do that effectively. You're just, your hands aren't completely clean. That kind of circular, like, trap. Uh, Yeah, actually, I was just thinking, you know what this, you know what the big short would also probably pair really well with? What? Uh, The Wolf of Wall Street.
0: Oh, yeah. In terms
1: of, like, Wolf of Wall Street sort of failing to criticize. And instead, like, uh, because all anybody cared about it, uh, Wolf of Wall Street was how cool it was. Right. Like, that was it.
0: And meanwhile, you have Scorsese going, no, 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 I hate these people.
1: (laughs) It's like, well, you're the director. You (laughs) made the movie look like this. Um, So The Big Short is based
0: off a book of the same name uh, Mm. by Michael Lewis, who's really good at writing explainers.
2: Mm. I read it. I own it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I own own a
0: Michael Lewis book, um, The Fifth Risk, talking about the infrastructure and what would happen once Trump took office because he's not filling up the staff. Mm. yeah (laughs) we saw how that happened um
1: but he also uh, did moneyball oh yeah yeah um the i i was uh i wasn't sure because this is also this is the first time that i saw the big short um i just kind of missed it and also like uh this is the first time
0: for you too Ken?
2: yeah
1: yeah, she'd read the I've book been, but had not uh, seen the I've movie. I've been
2: meaning to to see the movie for a year and a day and just never never right. got around to it.
1: But um I like looking at Adam McKay's trajectory in filmmaking is very interesting. Um because it's one of those things like I think working starting out in genre work, because you know, he's a comedy guy. Right. Uh, get, like it really helps you refine particular things. And like the thing that's funny is I've never seen an Adam McKay movie before this one because really? because I don't like Will Ferrell. You haven't seen Anchorman?
0: That's nope. why you haven't because we had this conversation like a yeah. few times. Because every-
1: and, and to be clear, I don't like Will Ferrell's comedy. Right? Something about it doesn't work for me. I think he's a great actor.
0: Right?
1: Because uh, uh, Stranger Than fiction, fiction is a movie I absolutely love. Right? But I I don't like his comedy has just never been my thing, and so I didn't you know I didn't watch Anchorman, I didn't watch Talladega Nights, I didn't watch Step Brothers. Uh, and I also, in terms of later career for McKay, I haven't watched Vice because I have I don't want to see a movie about Dick Cheney until he's at least extremely dead. <laughs> um, but but like I so so this was I, I knew some things about like the the other stuff he'd worked on, but like this was the first movie of his that I saw and it's like this does it does kind of make me want to go back and watch those others because there's a lot of skill on display here. But I don't know if I will just because, again, like the comedy style is not really my thing.
0: Well, what's interesting about Big Short is Adam McKay seems like a guy who's been radicalized or was yeah. radicalized by the 2008 crash. Yeah. And the Big Short is designed to radicalize. Mm-hmm. It is designed, much like Sorry to Bother You, to get you to leave that theater angry and wanting to do something.
1: Yeah. And I think it, yeah, it, it does that extremely well. And like it, it is a movie that is didactic, which you yeah. almost can never get away with. Right, it literally teaches and preaches at you <laughs> sometimes directly.
0: I like the big short more than I've seen it when it first came out. I thought it was like I thought it worked better when it was being the big short and not so much when it was trying to be a movie movie. Yeah, yeah. But I've since admired the fact that it keeps that anger at a mm. certain level constantly throughout. And the fact that McKay does have a coherent political philosophy, Mm. and he uses that to try to get you to understand what went wrong, who's responsible, and what has, hasn't, or needs to change.
1: Yeah, and like for those of us who aren't Kara and uh, think that money is something that was invented specifically to annoy me... (laughs) <laughs> i like I think the the important thing is that the way that they balance like the the cutting away to the fourth wall isn't just to teach you things that you don't know right it's to teach you things so that you can more effectively be as angry as Steve Carell's character is
0: who by the way, one of my favorite characters of the last decade. <laughs> <laughs> The beauty Uh, of his righteous fury throughout this entire movie.
2: Well, I think that... So the end with his character is he's taken off these bets uh basically against the banks will fail. He secured it. So that way they'll pay him before they pay almost anything else. And he's going to make them eat their obnoxious stupidity and malice. Like he, he opens the movie like ranting about how much he hates bank fees and how they're just like tools to screw people over. <laughs> well, and bad. he goes on several times. <laughs> and then like his, his employee calls him and is like, dude, we have to sell And get our money because if we don't we're not going to get our money back like this is the moment we're going to make like a hundred million dollars per person like something insane right and steve carell character is sitting there he's like we're profiting from this this guy's like yeah that's what we do he's like "No, no no we are profiting from this suffering and doesn't us make us the same as the people who did this and his employee gets angry and is like, no, we are not the same. Like, we saw it was happening. We make money. Sure, we did what we had to do. We didn't make the decisions to have this happen. This is going to happen no matter what we did. We're just going to, you know, we're, we're just going to survive it. And Steve Carell's like, I don't know, man. And then, like, he's like, yeah, it gives him the go ahead to sell and make all this, all this money. But, like, that's, I, I read a, a review of this about somebody who, like, walked away from the movie being like, I hate all these people who made millions and billions and didn't Help anyone, right? Like uh, th- there's a scene where two small-time traders manage to can manage to like ring off this really cool thing where they basically like realize they can make a lot more money by betting against the more secure stuff than rather than the cheaper stuff, mm. and they're like dancing and celebrating, and the guy they're with is like, "Stop dancing."
1: Yeah, Brad Pitt's character. Yeah, yeah. Brad. Pitt, Who, this there's guy, a, there's a great understated role in this.
2: <laughs> yeah, th- th- this 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 guy looks at them. He's like, "Yeah, it's going to happen." And you just pulled off a great deal. And what's going to happen is people are going to lose their homes and their jobs and their family. People are going to die from this. And they're like, yeah, but sorry, yeah, like you made a out. deal. He's like, yeah, you made a deal. No, don't dance.
0: Yeah. So what the Big Short mm-hmm. does is it repeatedly boils, boils complex situations down to simple, basic things. Like putting mm-hmm. too much
1: air into a balloon.
0: Right. You know, well, not unless like, you already make money. Just yeah. make a little bit less money.
1: Yep. Or yeah.
0: why are they confessing? They're not confessing; they're bragging.
1: They're bragging. God, that right, was so such cause... a good line too. That was <laughs> that was really solid.
0: <laughs> or just like little things of like you just bet against the American economy, like that senior mentioned. Yeah, it's like don't like he says when people go unemployed, certain number of people lose their lives. So a, yeah. to to he gives them the stats, and like oh we didn't know. Just don't like yeah. being very much. These are moral statements. This is wrong and it he, it does so in a way that never feels preachy because you can get the anger is pure
1: yeah like it has anger and like yeah yeah just that that recog- there is that recognition of being a part of that system like the right. the, the the system it understands the system yeah it, it understands that like the system is not the same as people but there are people who made this system and are more in charge of it and right. more to blame like yeah it's it's one, a, it's an interesting needle to thread
2: one thing that I think is more clear in the book than in the movie is that a lot of the people who are, were in charge of creating these bonds or selling them or reviewing them when you talk to them and start to peel apart a lot of them are like they're not malicious right? they truly believed that like there's no point in looking more closely at it. It works fine. And I think a lot about like, I buy cars. I've bought a car. You can open up the engine. I could stare at it. And I'm like, yep, there's a a lot of of parts of a car there. And if someone has like told me like, Hey, do you realize that cars, cars are really full of tiny squirrels? And that's what makes it go. I'd be like, I don't, I don't think that's right. No one else agrees with you on that. But like, that's what they were telling these people. Like, You realize this is not – literally, this is not what you think it is. Yeah,
1: That right. was the and institutional they're... knowledge was that it's full of squirrels. That's what I everyone mean... was taught, and that's what the <laughs> yeah. textbooks told them, and that's why their bosses hired them because they were the best at understanding that squirrels are in there and we don't need to check on them.
2: Well, it's, it's vice versa. My metaphor is actually the other way around. The cars are not, right. in fact – by squirrels, but like no,
1: that's that's my point though, is that the the people the people who were succeeding were succeeding because they believed in the squirrels and didn't look, yeah. and the people in the Big Short were like, no, there's an engine in there and it's gonna break.
0: This is a tortured metaphor you're working on here, Thad.
1: Yeah, it is.
2: <laughs> and you reverse my point. Yeah, I like mine
1: better.
0: Reading <laughs> a West Wing, um,
2: so.
1: I was sitting at my desk, Jeremiah, I was flipping a nickel, and like 16 times in a row, came up ahead. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Anyhow, what I, one of the things a Big Short does really well is it makes clear that at no point in time are you watching a story.
1: Yeah. Like, it constantly no.
0: tells you, this isn't how it really happened, we were actually doing this.
1: Oh, I, yeah, I loved that. Like, here, we're made, we made a storytelling choice here. And we're going to tell you that it was a storytelling choice, and that other things happened.
0: Because in a weird way, it's also educating the audience in how movies based on true events work.
1: Yes, which is extremely important, especially considering how many movies based on true events are fucking lies. <laughs> you know what? Hey, Jeremiah, what's what would you say is the most famous movie that claimed it was based on true events? Fargo. No, I would oh. say it's The Exorcist. <laughs> The Exorcist <laughs> pretended it was based on true events, like <laughs> no, people the forget horror. That. That too, like, uh, but both of those I think are great examples of this, and also any of those conjuring movies that those con artist people uh, who are real people. Uh,
2: are they're the same ones who did the Amityville horror. Yeah,
1: exactly. That's yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm, ag- I'm agreeing with you. I just forget their names, but uh, oh. but like those, like I, I remember that came up recently. I, I heard so- someone reminded me, uh, probably in some other podcast that I listened to because my life is just podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, well, it wasn't you, so it had to have been podcasts. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like the, the exorcist is claimed to have been based on like a, like real thing. It's yeah. like, come on, no. <laughs> and it gets a little bit scary when you think of how many people, and I don't exempt myself from this, like, uh, know about important events, primarily from fiction.
0: Well, that's the thing. Everyone always says it's just a movie. Why would you believe that? But, but the
1: majority of this
0: country, of the world, learns yeah. about history. Through movies, it's lore. and they take what they see as fact. <laughs> and so it's not unreasonable to be like, you know, this is just a movie.
1: Yeah, like right. a generation Do of you Democrats. You realize,
0: though, you've learned your stuff from movies as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, like a generation of Democrats got into politics because they watched The West Wing. Right.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's very much the editing in The Big Short and the mm. way it's set up. Adam McKay is very much doing the thing where he's constantly reminding you. This is just a movie, but what yeah. we are talking about is real. This affects you. Whereas Too Big to Fail, it's a removed sort of. This is a different world.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. It's, it's I think theatricality is is the best. Like, because it it could easily have you, you could take Too Big to Fail and you could do it as a play. Right. And it felt um, like
0: a play at times.
1: Yeah, and and that's I'm not that's not necessarily a quality thing, but in right. terms of because that can work. That's that's a fine way to make art. But in terms of what this movie is talking about, especially in contrast with uh, The Big Short, it comes off very hollow. Even though everyone working on it is very competent.
0: Right. So what McKay does is he understands the ethicality, mm. and he understands his own political point of view, and he understands mm. how to blend those two.
1: And I mean, even the even down to like the camera working choices. Like a lot of the big short has that like handheld, faux documentary vibe. Right. But they also will be like, "This is not what happened. This is what happened, or this is what." Yeah, like just right. that that tension between creating a fake. Uh, the 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 fiction writing favored term would be like the defamiliarization. Like right. they're. They're going out of their way to to do the things that you do to make it seem real and then pointing out to you that those are just a different kind of fiction, but that reality is still being described. It's wild. I love it.
0: Well, I also saw you would love it because there's a Mike Twain quote and a Murakami quote. Woo-hoo! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: yes, but... you're correct about that.
0: <laughs> but no, it's very much like – and it's an effective movie because – I don't know most people who got into Bernie Sanders or into the left or into the progressive movement.
1: Yeah. Into, let's say, uh, uh, the, the professional sphere of American progressivism, I guess. Right. Like the the more fun, like not, not the on the ground activism type, but the more like uh, political party connected type still, I suppose. Right. Well, even then like just
0: people you meet on the street, like Mm -hmm. they understand the crisis because of the big short.
1: Yeah. Like yeah. they,
0: they, they now have a term or like a reference point to go, it's like what you saw in the Big Short. Yeah. Even so called apolitical people, when they talk about something in that era, they go, oh, it's like in the Big Short. That's and the I mean, reference point. Yeah. That's-
1: and I mean that—that that can, I, I, which is a, which is a dangerous thing to succeed at. But like right. that's one of those things. Like if you if you really solidly teach people something, if it's not true, that can cause problems. Right. Uh, which is one of those things about like you know we we are talking in this series overall about propaganda and like you can make propaganda for true things. We just don't normally talk about that.
0: Well, well, not because not the worst
1: of- the worst kinds of propaganda are the ones that convince you to believe things that aren't true.
0: Also, <laughs> as we've also talked about it seems lately anyway in modern america the most successful propaganda much like triumph of the will mm. not that these are aiming for the same things at all right. but it's the fact that you know hmm. like it's not clever or sly about being propaganda it's yeah. telling you okay. up front this yeah, is that's, what we're doing
1: i mean honestly that's again to circle back to to too big to fail like that's the all you get at the end like it it is the feeling that things are are not like it it, it this has been bad and th- this is not a good solution and right. that's the, and then we're at the end like bad things have happened is the is the synopsis of too big to fail and it doesn't it doesn't have something to say beyond that and you can feel it cuz it's like cuz that's it's just that's uh, it rings so hollow, which is a shame because again, it's not badly made, right, but I, it didn't
2: say anything. <laughs> I also think it doesn't land on like hard on like we don't have anything to say, right if it was, like there's no, no... yeah because because like I pointed out that like not doing anything, being like we have to give the banks these giant cash infusions, and we have to make them all like is a solution to keep everything from falling apart. But everything you do to control that will make things fall apart. So yeah. it's one of those things where they're like, we can't if we put these kinds of things on it, people will refuse it. And then what will we do? And it's like, well, hmm. again, you could th- threaten to shoot them in the back of the head." <laughs> <laughs> but no one wants to do what I in, want to do. In
1: Minecraft, uh, <laughs> in video games where we do those things. <laughs> but no, yeah. Dude, I, if
2: you lose two hundred billion dollars, I feel absolutely confident. No, it's in okay being that one guy like, went maybe, to
1: jail. <laughs> being
2: like, maybe you need to eat this tiny explosive round. Well, I mean, well, then bro- we're
1: then we're getting to that question of, and I think this is, you know, the, these crises bring forward a lot of, and again, like to me, a lot of it hinges on that that line about like people believing in the system right? because like too big to fail are the, like its entire problem is that the solutions they come to and all of them are people who still, even in the end, believe in the system. Like they, they are true believers in this thing that is awful. And nobody seems to know that. And then, um, uh, you know, you, you get to, to, I was on a roll and then I lost something. Um, (laughs) sorry.
0: Welcome to 2020.
1: Right. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, it, it doesn't, it sort of doesn't see any option outside of that circle, I guess. And, it, and like, uh, the big short kind of recognizes that these systems are the problem fundamentally, right. and it's not offering a solution exactly, uh, or at all really, other than that, than that a solution has to come from knowing that.
0: Right. Well, not only that, but like there's, they even have... It's almost a throwaway line, but it's Marissa Tomei, who plays yeah. Pharrell, Mark Baum's wife, of, like, saints don't live on Park Avenue. Yeah. But, yeah, no, like, it's... It is a stark contrast in terms of, like, just having... Because I want... I've noticed a lot, especially after this election, there mm. does seem to be a great sort of political... Illiteracy or incoherence or some sort of misunderstanding among most of our population. Yeah. And it was, they don't know what they believe, but they believe in something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like and I it's... think
0: part of that's why Joker hits, because Joker's angry hmm. at something.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's, it's angry at the fact that that something isn't, like, that that shared something isn't something.
0: Right. Whereas well, uh, so the big <laughs> knows what it's angry at. Yeah, knows where to
1: put it. So I guess we're, we're, what we're sort of poking at here is like justified anger, but also clarity of, um, right? Clarity of target or intent or something like that. Yeah, there.
0: just understanding why you're angry. Understanding, like, because this is the thing. Mm. As I said earlier, when you have a when you everyone accuses movies of having agendas, every movie has an agenda.
1: Yeah. Well, this is why people get so mad when you say everything is political.
0: (laughs) Right. Sometimes (laughs) it just means you know what you want to do.
1: Yeah.
0: And you know what you want the audience to feel.
2: Yeah. I'm sorry I have uh, narrative coherency. I'll try to stop that in the future. (laughs) There is – I didn't mean to hit you that hard, Jeremiah. Sorry. Um, No, no, no. It's cool. But just uh, – you know, talking about like being angry and needing to know what you're angry about and the, this stuff. Like, the other thing I want to point out that I feel people forget about is Occupy Wall Street.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Occupy Wall Street was the most successful failure of our, uh, of a movement in our lifetimes, I think.
2: Because well, Occupy Wall Street spewed forth kind of two groups of people, which is people mm. that went on to work in like, Leftist spaces, progressive spaces, on lots of different levels. Some like in the system. Some yeah, outside a lot. A of lot, lot of people
1: learned how to do street activism right. from Occupy Wall Street, and that helped uh, things but, be a yeah, lot more clear also, for like Standing um, Rock and stuff later.
2: Yes, but also it spawned a lot, a lot of people that went on into grifting. Yeah. Right. And I Tim think that, <clears <clears throat> Yeah, throat> I, I think it has a lot to do with that. That rage.
0: Yeah. Something yeah. is
2: ter- something massive beyond our ken that we cannot fix ourselves is terribly, terribly wrong. Right. And mm. no one is doing anything to fix it. And the people who have the knowledge and the power to do so like deliberately hide that from us. Mm. Like, because I mean, a big part of too big to fail is how can we hide how bad this is from the public? Right? Yeah.
1: How can we escape the, the response that people would have to the things that have happened?
2: And then like this, <laughs> Investment bank, they allow it to go under, and then like the news media reports on it positively, and Paulson's like, "Oh, everything's going to be fine," and then the market crashes, and he's like, "Oh, well, damn!" But like, oh, <laughs> well, that
0: didn't
1: work.
2: But like,
0: <laughs> I would have, I would have loved if he had a line of it. Well, that didn't
1: work. But,
2: <sighs>
1: okay, so uh, just this movie, but all of the characters are the Marx brothers. A <laughs> little bit. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Uh,
0: anyhow, sorry. Continue, Kayla.
2: <laughs> no, just uh, uh, that, that sort of formless sense of rage. And then I yeah. think that, like, as time has gone by and what we see, it's been passed down. So we see with, like, the protests and things going on right now, I see it in the seeds of this. Like, I see a lot of things are going wrong with, like, COVID and all this stuff. Don't start here, because even this isn't where it begins, because yeah. they started doing this this, this stuff with the mortgage loans because of the savings and loan crisis in the 80s and the savings and loan crisis kicked off from something like it goes back and back and back and you sit down and look at this you're like how long has this stuff been building also just to point out do you know that interest rates on deposit accounts used to be double digits
1: Really? <laughs> Don't be ridiculous, yeah. Kara. That can't be no. possible. Wait, like,
2: Remember how people are like, oh, you should save money for retirement. And you're always like, what do you mean? Like money to values and there's a 0.01% interest rate. What do you mean save money? Like back in the 50s and 60s, you could get a savings account with like a 6% interest rate.
1: Yeah, this is why this is why these people who had those interest rates and could pay for a a four year degree out of pocket with a part time job in the (laughs) 70s when, by the way, wages peaked and have never been back to that level since while (laughs) school has just gotten more expensive and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why these people call our generation lazy, because they think all of that stuff is still true. I
0: want you to understand. I'm just like the anger spewing Yeah. It's just,
1: yeah. <laughs> Sorry. This is just no. what our house is like. Sometimes no, no, we we'll no, no, yell no. past fantastic. each other about it's what
2: happened.
1: It's amazing. It's, can
2: you imagine even like a 3 to 5% interest rate of return on your savings account with a compound monthly payout? No, because like,
1: I don't have a savings account. Because why would I?
2: <laughs> I have a savings account for both of us. Don't worry.
1: No, that's your it. money. It's not just shut up. Uh, no, I. Well, I
2: honestly, I remember, that's, how, that's how a partnership looks, lad. No, yeah. <laughs>
1: not my money. I don't want it. Um, uh, really quick, because anyone. Now.
2: This is really important. Yeah. Everyone, listen to me if you have access to one please put your money in a credit union a credit union pays dividends your money will grow exponentially your dividends increase by your total amount of investment please please in the, <laughs> the name of god if you're gonna have a savings account put it in a credit union you can nobody, have accounts at multiple who, financial no, institutions
1: nobody who would voluntarily listen to us has money it's fine
0: um, I, have I just want you to know if there's a moment i was like is she gonna start advertising for a credit union
2: no uh, uh, yeah my uh,
1: CaraCoin. Um, <laughs> but no, so something I wanted to go back to I when we were three talking savings about savings
2: accounts. Just to let you know, I have three savings accounts.
1: <laughs> I have none. Um, I have one really, that I'm rapidly depleting. <laughs> woo! Uh, something we were talking earlier when we were talking about things that people are angry about is, uh, and this also goes back to that Mark Twain quote from the uh, the opening of of the the movie: The it ain't uh, it, it ain't what you don't know that gets you into trouble; it's what you know for sure that just ain't so. Which is, yeah. Man, that's everything about then and now. Uh, and by oh, then. God, I mean, yes. when Twain was alive and 2008 and the present. <laughs> so just to be clear. But one of the things that the I don't I don't remember I've mentioned this here before, but I and now Kara have gotten very into a podcast called Knowledge Fight. That just analyzes Alex Jones. That's all it does with a few other sidebars. Uh, oh, so, like, that sounds so exhausting. I, it is, but it's also great because you learn a lot about the kind of on-the-ground constant propaganda, which I okay. think is is something that, considering how influential, like the right-wing radio was from the '90s, the, oh, yeah. honestly, from like the '70s up to today, probably.
2: Not gonna lie, I have never been more educated in anti-Semitic conspiracies. Yeah,
1: um, <laughs> but one of the things Th- that they're you, wrong. What, the- but they're yeah, not, like,
2: they're bad. One Just of the so things that good. has me
1: thinking about a lot are those 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 uh, those certainties that people have that they have for no reason. Right. Like, uh, like if I were to pick one that that like is maybe the core is the the tension about like the. To to get into something that we'll never be able to cover coherently right now is uh Black Lives Matter versus like the later like back the blue uh oh, yeah. bullshit, which is is like the idea that being against police violence somehow and against like the the specifically the persecution of of black people and people of color generally via the the police and other arms of the state it somehow means that like you don't want there to be laws which we could get into legalism but let's not uh which means that you don't want there to be morals like that's how people who are against black lives matter read that right like because they see law and and i'm draw i'm painting in broad strokes which isn't entirely fair but i feel it's accurate to say they they believe that laws the the laws that they like are equal to morality And that though, like to not believe in one is to reject the other and therefore to aggressively want to kill and rape and steal. Like it's, it's a crazy series of things that, that because of the things people already believe and are unwilling to look inside and see whether they are full of squirrels, um, (laughs) like just cause horrible things to happen. Like these, these seemingly insurmountable gulps between people.
0: Right. Well, one was of the people, random, like, yeah. if you did believe that, then why would you not be able to believe that some laws were immoral?
1: Because uh, you you choose not to pay attention to those, I guess. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I don't have answers. I just have uh, <laughs> problems. None of us have answers. Welcome I, to the I podcast. have I have a lot of problems.
2: <laughs> I also both of these movies, and and again, The Big Short gets into it more, like argue that like there is there is a system mm. like right. there and like a system you think about or at least i do imagine like interlocking gears in a giant clock and mm. so all of the pieces interconnect with one each other they all need each other to interact they were created with a plan to do a function and if one of them gets out of whack or has an issue it's going to cause the whole thing to fail and like that as a metaphor makes sense but the thing is and i know this for a fact banking is not a system like that right It was not, and I'm not even talking about, like, the purpose of making money or whatever. It is jury-rigged. It is just pieces, parts by Bubba down the street, tied together with, like, chewing gum and nonsense. (laughs) The fact that we've managed to create an international banking system, you know, international banking services is truly amazing because none of this is, like, coherent. Like, so many banks... Their are systems like their technology is like from the seventies with just like more modern skimming on it because oh, yeah. it contains so much information has so much stuff in it that to try and transport it to anything newer is an insurmountable task. And by the time they finish it, it'll be obsolete. And so like, mm-hmm. I, I need people to understand there isn't a banking system in the sense of anything that makes sense. It's just like, it's more like a garbage dump <laughs> that someone put a sign on and they're like, this is a parkour obstacle course. And people talk about the design of the obstacle course.
0: Yeah. And it's
2: like, <laughs> and then like people will go in and start to like yank pieces around and stuff. But at some point are like, Oh, if we move this like upside down car, the whole thing will collapse. So I'll leave that car alone. And then someone comes along like four years later and just yanks on it. Because well, yeah, no cause that car needs... might
1: be valuable, Kara.
2: Yeah. And, and so like, <laughs> Like, like the banking, it's not a system, which is why, like, Hmm. weird things can cause it to fail because it's not really functioning together. It just kind uh, of exists in a sloop.
1: Yeah, it's it's not a system. Because when people think of a system, they think of a coherent system. Right. Like the hundreds of a clock. Yeah, when in fact none of the systems that we live in, banking, government, like, none of these were thoroughly designed systems. They are essentially, like, they grew on top of each other over time from people who had different goals and different like they're they're self-contradictory but we because of our cultural thought of like oh this is a system or this is the system like even people this is what fascinates me about conspiracy people is that it's it's a way of comforting yourself because it means the system is coherent right and like what Kara's is very accurately describing about banking and that i think maps onto a lot of other things is that it's not coherent (laughs) and the refusal (laughs) the refusal to to approach it as though it were uh, like as by uh, the people who work within it seemingly at least uh, especially like what the big short displayed and kind of also what uh too big to fail displayed is the people within the system largely don't largely also think the same dumb things about it that the people outside of it think like it is a, it is at the purest level a confidence scheme. <laughs> <laughs> where well, the con and, men have believed their own con? Yeah.
2: Well, and that they actually say that they yeah. say, say that specifically in um, they say to that in to too big to
1: fail, and they like, don't take a moment to realize you're saying it's a con.
2: <laughs> no, and, and yeah, like it's it, it it's amazing. That's what con is short for?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Kara, I don't mean to keep stepping no, on you. No, <laughs> <laughs> just it's it's
2: just it's it's. Bananas and just yeah. every time we have these shocks, I just, I just want like people talk about like money disappearing. Like money shouldn't be able to disappear. And like I'm so sorry this is a ramble. Like mm. when you deposit a dollar at a bank,
1: oh you, she loves this,
2: <laughs> it becomes two dollars because there the there's the electronic representation of the dollar that exists in your account and the physical dollar that's in the cash drawer. and so yeah i mean and that that sounds silly but that's what it is it's in two places at once and that physical dollar and electronic dollar will go different places and suddenly somehow there are two dollars where there wasn't before and it's not like people don't realize these things are they're they're, they're, money is not real right the reason the money can disappear is because it
1: wasn't there
2: (laughs) yeah like it, it doesn't exist to begin with yeah and uh i don't i don't know maybe we need a gold standard again like i <laughs> no, can't no,
1: no stop it
2: <laughs> man shall not be crucified upon a cross of gold Kara, well, do I'm not right.
1: start do not start selling gold all right uh, no
0: god no it's time to wrap this up <laughs>
2: uh,
1: <laughs>
0: once he once we start suggesting the gold standard that's when you know the can, hour I, hour. can I
1: actually i, no, I want to kick just, in one last thing real madness. quick madness <laughs> if i if i may yeah, yeah. One of the things that's interesting to think about is that like these are movies about a situation that we are essentially still in, yeah, yeah. as opposed to like looking back at say our, our first uh cinematic like propaganda uh thing where we're talking about like hangmen also die right, and like the these movies that are are well, I guess Casablanca is still yeah it's uh but i don't know like the the fact that like these are within a sy- like these are criticizing a system that is still in power well i say criticizing but like clearly the big short is doing is doing like real criticism and uh <laughs> yeah oh you know what it is that's what it is what? uh uh the big short is doing criticism and the uh too big to fail is doing a very well-made book report
2: Ooh, yes. good. Yeah, exactly. it's exactly it. Like, exactly. It reminded me
1: of Kara. Uh, she used to get really mad at her students back in the day for not uh not talking about what they read, but instead just giving a synopsis of what they read. <laughs> and I think that's actually kind of a perfect analogy for these two movies is... Uh, uh, it- too big to fail is not, is competently made it's very solid it has a good cast but it's just telling us a story that like somebody already wrote like right. it's it's not teaching us anything fundamental it's only like its use value is only to the extent that you already understand the the things in play and that is fundamentally not useful in uh, I would say <laughs> art or politics
0: <laughs> all right so we're going to end on that uh join us next month. We're gonna be what did we decide on? Groundhog
1: holidays. Day
2: and- Hot holiday films.
1: But holiday not films. not winter holidays, because screw you.
2: We did decide on oh, winter okay. holidays. Yeah, They're both did. winter holidays.
1: Yeah, but not like not like deep winter.
0: Groundhog Day and Tokyo Godfather? Yeah.
2: Tokyo no. Godfather's is Oh, it is a Christ- Christmas is a Christmas, it's a Christmas, movie? Christmas movie.
1: Sorry, all I right. thought it was a different
0: Well <laughs> That's all the time we have for now. Say goodbye, Fad and Ken. No one ke- oh, goodbye, no one cares that Hard's care. a
1: Christmas movie. <gasps> No wow. one cares. It's played out. No one cares.